Hello, I'm Ella. My name is Cherie. I'm Melissa. And we are here to watch and react to the popular NBC show Once Upon a Time. So buckle up and we will get started. This week we are watching Season 1, Episode 8, Desperate Souls. I keep forgetting to look at the title cards every time we do this. Mm-hmm. That one was... A horse, a horse with a rider. A lantern. Mm-hmm. Yes. It was uh, Paul Revere. <laughs> yes, that's what we're going with. <laughs> Regina is coming. Regina is coming. <laughs> in the intended forest, Rumpelstiltskin is spinning wool when his son, Balefire, bursts into the cottage upstep. The guards have taken his friend to be drafted into the army. Her parents plead with the duke to spare their child, but he says she would make a fine soldier and puts her on his horse. Gross. Totally gross. Ah, oh, hell. The mom makes a last-ditch effort to save her child by pulling a dagger and charging at the duke, but a hooded figure in the distance holds up his fist and immobilizes the parents while the duke lets them know that the Dark One says he can take her. Bellfire is scared with his 14th birthday coming in three days, and Rumpelstiltskin promises he'll find a way to save him. In Storybrooke, Emma gets a call to visit Mr. Gold's shop. When she arrives, he's in the back using lanolin for waterproofing. Mr. Gold then offers his condolences for Graham's death. He notices Emma is still wearing the deputy badge and tells her that after two weeks of her acting as sheriff, she becomes the sheriff. Emma states that she is not in any hurry to change badges and thanks him for the kind words. He then lets Emma know that Graham rented an apartment from him and he has a keepsake for her. She doesn't want anything until she is told he'll send it to Regina and will probably be headed to the trash. She's like, I'll take it just to keep her from getting it. And exactly right. She definitely deserves it way more. Emma is offered to set up walkie-talkies so she and Henry can play together. Take them and play with your son because I can't. He also goes out of his way to warn her to enjoy every moment with Henry because they grow up quickly and before you know it, you lose them. The thing is, I think he's actually like genuine right here. He, he loves Henry. Well, I think he also wants everything to go back, like everybody to remember everything, but you know, I think he like... He genuinely he... likes Henry and he wants yeah. Emma and Henry to have a good relationship. Yes. <laughs> it also helps that he likes Emma. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But he does have a soft spot for Henry. Yes. Not in a creepy way, by the way. Cut to Emma walking towards Henry as he sits in his castle looking upset and worried. For Henry. She offers him a walkie-talkie they can use for Operation Cobra. He's not happy and tells her they should stop Operation Cobra for a while because you don't mess with the curse. Graham died because he tried and Henry does not want the same fate for Emma. Oh, well, just break my heart all night. Mm-hmm. I told you that both of these were going to make you mad. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> he says Emma is good and good always fights fair. Evil does not. Emma tries to convince him that Graham's death was natural, but Henry isn't having it. He walks away, leaving the walkie-talkie behind. Interesting shot of her keychain and the badge. We then find Emma in Storybrooke at the Sheriff's Department looking at Graham's badge. As Emma starts to pin the badge on, Regina waltzes in and tells her the badge isn't for her. Emma replies, it's been two weeks, the promotion is automatic. Then Regina says that unless the mayor appoints someone else within that time period, which she was doing today, she appoints Cindy Glass and fires Emma. That bitch. <laughs> it's another punch to the face. 
I would take that badge and shove it right in her eyeball. Oh, yeah. I'm really not a fighter, but, like, sometimes. <laughs> yep. Emma goes home frustrated and starts drinking. She is working on destroying the toaster when Mary Margaret walks in asking if the toaster was broken, and Emma answers, it wasn't when I started with it, but I'm pretty sure it is now. That's exactly what I would do, too. Except I'd be, like, destroying Regina's stuff. <laughs> she just wanted to hit something because Regina fired her today and put one of her own puppets in as a sheriff. She wants her job back, and when Mary Margaret asks why it was so important, Emma answered, I just want to beat her. Yes. I, and she deserves it. It's not always deserved. Yes. Sometimes it is. They hear a knock at the door. Gold is stopped by unexpectedly and wants to talk to Emma. Mary Margaret leaves the room so they can have a private conversation. Mary Margaret, every time Gold comes over, she's got to go hide in her own apartment. <laughs> oh, take a bath. <laughs> Mr. Gold starts by telling Emma he had heard about what happened and it was such an injustice that she had been fired. Emma, who just wanted to beat Regina five minutes ago, says what's done is done and she doesn't think there's much she can do about it. He then tells her that two people with a common goal can accomplish many things, but two people with a common enemy will accomplish much more. Gold then offers to be Emma's benefactor. He pulls the town charter out to show her that Regina isn't as powerful as she seems. He done brought the city constitution. <laughs> yeah. I just love Golden Emma. In the Enchanted Forest, Rumpelstiltskin wakes up Bay, telling him that they're leaving now. While walking, Bay tells Rumpel it feels wrong to run away. Rumpelstiltskin lets Belfire know it's better to run than to hide. He will not have Belfire die in a war. They come across a stranger on the road asking for crumbs for the poor. Rumpelstiltskin says sure and pulls a bit of bread out of his bag. The stranger thanks Rumpelstiltskin, and then he and Belfire continue on their journey and with the conversation they were having. Belfire asks his dad if he's sure there was no other way than to run. Rumpelstiltskin assures Belfire that he didn't understand war or how it would change a person. They hear horses running up the path, and Rumpelstiltskin tries to hide Belfire, but they hear his stern, Stop right there! The Duke and a couple of his henchmen have shown up, wanting to know where they were going. Rumpelstiltskin tells them they are going to sell wool in another town, but the Duke recognizes Rumpelstiltskin as the man who ran. He then immediately asked if it was Rumpelstiltskin's son and what his name and age were. Belfire answers he was 13 and his birthday is in two days' time. The Duke then tells the story of how Rumpelstiltskin ran and was the only one to survive the battle, but when he returned home, his wife left him because she could not stand to be married to a coward. Rumpelstiltskin begs the Duke not to speak to his boy like that. The Duke lets Belfire know that it is treason to run from the army, so they will be taking him right now. Rumpelstiltskin asks the Duke what the price would be to keep Belfire. The Duke says Rumpelstiltskin has nothing he wants, but he could kiss his boot. Ugh. People like that. Yeah, I, I can't... They're still going to take his son. Oh, you son of a... Yep. Yep. They'll just be back in two days and take legally. Rumpelstiltskin is hesitant because his child is standing right there, but the Duke insists, grabbing his sword, yelling, Kiss my boot! Rumpelstiltskin falls to the ground and slowly kisses the boot. The Duke then laughs and kicks Rumpelstiltskin in the face, then gets on his horse and leaves with his henchmen as a stranger from before slowly walks up. The stranger helps Rumpelstiltskin up and offers help. Rumpelstiltskin lets him know they have nothing to pay him with, but he insists as long as Rumpelstiltskin gives him food, he will find a way to be his benefactor. 
Back in Storybrooke, Regina is giving a speech everyone deserves to feel safe in their own homes. That's why Sidney Glass is her choice for sheriff. He has constantly put the town's need over his own as chief editor of the Storybrooke Daily Mirror. No journalist does that. Right? As she is starting to pin the badge on, Emma walks in to let everyone know Regina can't just appoint a new sheriff. She can appoint a candidate. But they have to have a vote, and she is running. There you go. Regina then tells everyone that Sydney is running, too. <laughs> Did you just see the string attached to his mouth? <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> I was being sarcastic. Oh, I was like, shit, did I miss it? <laughs> no, no, just meaning he's her puppet. Uh, yeah, after I asked, I it hit me. And they both agree that they will learn something about the will of the people. In the Enchanted Forest, Rumpelstiltskin, Balefire, and the old man have returned home. Yeah, I trust the crazy homeless guy. Seems like an intelligent choice. Another day is gone, and they have no chance of fleeing now. They must find another way or make a different choice. Rebel Swilson doesn't have any choices, though. He is the town coward. He can only find the best corner to hide in. The only thing he has is his boy, and they are going to take him away. If they do that, Rumpelstiltskin says he will truly become dust. The old man tells Rumpelstiltskin that wouldn't happen if he had power, and Rumpelstiltskin replies, that's like asking for diamonds. The old man asks Rumpelstiltskin to think, why would the Dark One help someone like the Duke? He had to have something over him. The Duke has a mystical dagger, and on that dagger is written a name, the true name of the Dark One. Rumpelstiltskin could steal the dagger and control the Dark One himself. Rumpelstiltskin states that he would be terrified to control the Dark One. The man counters that he could take the power for himself. Back in Storybrooke, Regina walks into Gold's shop and turns the open sign over. She asks him how he found that loophole. She then asks if he is really going to go against her. He assures her that they both want the same thing for the town, but are on different sides. Regina goes on to say it's not like him to pick the losing side, but Rumpelstiltskin is sure he's on the correct side. Rumpelstiltskin says she should never underestimate someone who is fighting for their child. When Regina replies that technically he isn't her child. Well, he's not your child. Rumpelstiltskin reminds her that she is now using technicalities, which she just complained Emma did with the election. Still in Storybrook, Emma walks into the diner to see Henry reading the paper intently. Sydney has written an article showcasing the fact that Henry was born while Emma was still in prison. Oh, hell. Seriously. <laughs> he asks her if it's true, and unfortunately it is, but those records were supposed to be sealed. Emma makes sure Henry isn't scarred for life, and of course he says he's not affected by this incident. Emma suggests they throw the paper away and get the news from somewhere reliable, the internet. Henry isn't budging. He insists Emma doesn't have a chance against Regina because only evil would do something like putting sealed records in a newspaper article, and Emma isn't evil. Emma lets Henry know Mr. Gold is now on her side, but that doesn't excite him. Mr. Gold is worse than Regina in the evil department, and he absolutely doesn't want her to owe another favor. Emma storms into Regina's office, letting her know that she published sealed juvenile records. Publishing that was an abuse of power and also illegal. Regina rudely says, what, you didn't want anyone to know? She doesn't care that the people know, but doesn't want Henry hurt, and one mom's smear campaign against another will definitely cause some issues. Regina doesn't agree and tells Emma that she and Sydney can discuss things further at the debate. Emma was surprised to hear about the debate and follows Regina. They continue to talk as the door at the bottom of the steps explodes and debris is blown toward them. Oh shit! Regina becomes trapped under a small piece of wood and she can't move and asks for Emma's help. Well, bye bye <laughs> Right? But she won't because she's a good person. Right. 
Notice how Regina was like, you have to get me out. Yeah. Like, I ain't gotta do shit. In the enchanted forest, Rumpelstiltskin and Balefire are soaking lamb's wool. Balefire wonders why they're messing up good wool, but Rumpelstiltskin tells him it's his key to the castle. Rumpelstiltskin explains that the old man told him if he takes the dagger, he can control the Dark One and protect Balefire. He can also kill the Dark One and take his powers. Balefire is against the plan. He thinks going to war would be better than Rumpelstiltskin wielding such powerful dark magic. But Rumpelstiltskin argues back, saying he will only use it for good and he would save all the children. He gives a speech about how they are not going to war, they are going to be sacrificed. That's when Balefire realizes the Duke was right and Rumpelstiltskin did abandon the front. Balefire wants to know if his mother abandoned them because Rumpelstiltskin was a coward, or as Rumpelstiltskin had told him, she died. Rumpelstiltskin is quiet for a moment, then replies that she did die. I was gonna say it'd be kind of shitty of his mom to leave him behind, too. I, I never in my life could I. Balefire sits by the fire for a moment in deep thought, and then decides he's on board to get the dagger and asks what he needs to do. In Storybrook, Regina is sure that Emma is going to leave her in the fire. Emma says nothing as she jumps through the fire and out the door, and then returns a few seconds later with a fire extinguisher and uses it to put out the fire. No, because she's better than you. Right? Regina, of course, complains that Emma set her down too hard and states that they were not in any real danger anyway. Emma replies that she would help her every time because that's what good people do. Maybe she can be a little bit nicer now. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> Oh, I love the fire truck. Mm-hmm. Still, fuck you, though. That's right. In case anybody was wondering. Sydney tries to get a picture of Regina on the stretcher, but she tells him not to. He argues that it's the news, but Regina answers, she's the competition, you fool. Look, sheriff's candidate saves the mayor. With that, Sydney walks away, and we see Henry ask the fireman if Emma really did save Regina. When the fireman confirms the story, Henry runs off to Ruby, Granny, Archie, and Emma, who are talking about getting a campaign together for Emma. Emma tells Henry, this is how good wins. People see good and want to help. Well, there's his hero again. Mm-hmm. Henry agrees, and Emma noticed the wool gold left at the fire. You know, I'm looking that over. Or looking over that. I didn't see yeah, it. Yeah, I probably have two, but she's a good person. She's too good. <laughs> she immediately goes to confront Mr. Gold, who says it's the price of election. He asks her who she would be disappointing by letting everyone know what he had done. Uh, emotional manipulation. In the Enchanted Forest, Rumpelstiltskin sets the Duke's wooden castle on fire. Well, looks like that's his tried and true method. <laughs> yeah. As people evacuate the building, he walks through the flames and grabs the Dark One's dagger, which is hidden behind a tapestry. The name engraved on the dagger was Zoso. In Storybrooke, I think all the people that would support that supported Emma after the fire would have supported her anyway. Yes. Yeah. Mary Margaret and David run into each other as they put up campaign posters. Mary Margaret supporting Emma and David for Sydney. I love how it's a shitty picture of Regina. <laughs> I didn't recognize him in the hat. I'm like, who is this guy? <laughs> Catherine is a friend of Regina's, so David is obligated to help Regina. He tells Mary Margaret he got a job at the Storybrooke Animal Shelter, and with that, they end the conversation and go separate ways. Before the debate, Emma notices Henry in the crowd and tells Mary Margaret she wants to show him good can win. Emma and Mary Margaret discuss the chance of Emma actually winning. Mary Margaret is positive, and Emma is not so sure. If she's not the hero and she's not the sheriff, then what part does she have in his life? They smile at each other after realizing she wants to win so badly because she wants a reason to stay and to be part of his life. That'd be my motivation. 
and I would beat her. Physically. <laughs> In the Enchanted Forest, Rumpelstiltskin sends Balefire home. As Balefire pleads with him, Rumpelstiltskin insists. Rumpelstiltskin walks into the woods, pulls out the dagger, and calls Zoso's name three times, summoning the Dark One. He appears behind Rumpelstiltskin. What the f- shit? <laughs> and when he says to submit, the Dark One agrees that Rumpelstiltskin now controls him. He should use the power wisely and can wield it at any time. He tells him the Duke and his men are probably on the way to Rumpelstiltskin's cottage since it is Balefire's birthday. He asks if Rumpelstiltskin is sure that Balefire is his child. Rumpelstiltskin is a coward and Balefire wants to stay so he can fight and die in glory. After being pushed too far, Rumpelstiltskin stabs him with a dagger. Oh wow, he didn't even think twice. Zoso falls, and the hood falls from his face, and we see that it was the old beggar. Oh look, it's the creepy guy from the woods. He made a deal he didn't understand. Magic always comes with the burden, and now the price was Rumpelstiltskin's to pay. They finally found someone desperate enough to steal the dagger and actually use it. Rumpelstiltskin wants to save his son and would do anything to ensure he was safe. Rumpelstiltskin begs Zoso to tell him what to do, but the dagger starts to glow in his hand, and the name changes to his own. In Storybrook, Jiminy announces the debate to the crowd. He's very brave wearing a skirt. <laughs> yeah. She still has a leather jacket on, though. Always. Sidney gives a speech about how he would serve with the best three qualities. Honesty, neighborliness, and strength. And we also see Regina mouthing every word right along with him as she sits in the front row with Henry by her side. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a puppet for you. <laughs> word for word. Emma's speech is unscripted. She admits to the fire being set up by Mr. Gold to get public support for her. She has no evidence, but she is sure it was him. Actually, she kind of did, but, you know. She says she can't win that way. She apologizes to everyone, and Mr. Gold walks out the door quietly. And Regina's like, heh 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 wouldn't be surprising if Regina did it, you know? Later at Granny's, Emma is having a drink. Ruby offers another, and Emma takes it with a hell yes. Henry opens the door and lets Emma know he gave up on Operation Cobra too soon and she was right. Right then, Regina and Sydney walk in. Emma asks Sydney where the victory party was. He says he wouldn't know because the party would be for Emma. Regina says, congratulations, Sheriff Swan. She had finally beat Regina at something and good had won. <laughs> That's, I love that. That's... Yep. <laughs> In the Enchanted Forest, Rumpelstiltskin walks up as the Duke is collecting Balefire. He kills one of the men as the Duke laughs at all the people watching from inside their home. The Duke notices the Dark One and kneels as Balefire gasps. They both realized it was Rumpelstiltskin behind the cloak. Rumpelstiltskin orders the Duke to kiss his boot. Yeah, that's right. Gosh, I never yeah. thought I'd be rooting for him. Rumpelstiltskin breaks the Duke's neck and kills all of his men. Balefire wants to know what happened to his papa. He tells Rumpelstiltskin he doesn't feel safe and is frightened. Rumpelstiltskin is proud he protected what belonged to him, and he is not scared of anything anymore. You know, there's a quote, power tends to corrupt and absolute power corrupts absolutely. It's a good example of that, I think. I, I would have to agree with you there. For like two seconds, I'm like, you know what? Go you. And then, no, no, sir, I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. My bad. In Storybrooke, Mr. Gold gives Emma the official sheriff jacket. He knew Emma would tell the town what he did. He set it up that way. Well, of course he did. Mm-hmm. The town would only elect someone willing to go against Mr. Gold, and he knew a desperate soul when he saw one. Emma is cautious, wondering why anyone would do that. Mr. Gold assures her that the favor she owes him will be of better use now that she's sheriff. Mm-hmm. And, and there he is. That's, 
that's the guy we know and love. Yep. <laughs> we'll be right back to discuss the episode, but first, let's take a quick break. Oh, damn. <laughs> it always seems to go so quick, doesn't it, Shuri? Yeah, that one was just, yeah, that was super quick. Also, did you notice on the bulletin board behind Emma, it looked like there was a paper with, like, missing people on there? Was David no. really never up there? <laughs> no. I mean. No. <laughs> what? I'm still that... stuck on that. <laughs> That's, yeah. I can see, because the first thing I'm going to look, I'm going to look at the jails, and I'm going to look at the hospitals. Then I'm right. going to check the morgues, because I've looked everywhere else. But always jail and hospital. Yeah. Hello? Hello. 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 Oh, okay. there. Okay, yeah. Once again, it came out of the jack. Oh. <laughs> Just please cooperate. No. Is it cooperating now? I'm talking about the internet. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, it's, it's around the table, always. All right. On <laughs> my, if you hit watch stream by my name. We got the episode thing on the IMDb, and let's see, where is Zoso, or the previous dark one, is played by Bad Dorif, Brad Dorif. Um, I know him from um, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. He is on the new Chucky series. Oh. <laughs> As the voice of Chucky. <laughs> oh, he's always been Chucky. Okay. So yeah, he apparently. Yeah. He's just always been the creepy guy. <laughs> he has always been kind of creepy and stuff, so. Yeah. Oh, he was in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. one episode. There's some more Chucky. Oh, a worm creature in Ginger Clown. Uh, yeah, that's a big nope for me, thanks. No, that's all a bunch of nope. He was the He's a devil music video. <laughs> yeah. I saw that I was like, Calvin Harris, wait a minute, I feel like he, he sings. Does something. He's, <laughs> he's played like bad guys in lots of stuff. Yeah. Oh, Law and Order. Definitely. One episode. Yep. Yes, ma'am. And the right, wow. All the things. Mm -hmm. Chucky's family vacation. Uh, he was Worm Tongue in Lord of the Rings. Yeah, yeah. That that and One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest are, I think, mm -hmm. the things that I know him from. Yeah. Seems though that Chucky is his claim to fame. Yeah. Yes. Oh, three episodes of Star Trek. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> Long suitor. <laughs> Like he he's been in like so many horror movies, like Graveyard yeah. Shift and The Exorcist, and like yeah, he's definitely a horror icon, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> WW and the Dixie Dance Kings. Wow, that sounds um like Uncredited. it's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. All of these are all of these early ones are pretty much horror or history. So, there's that. Anybody? Uh, Hordor is played by Ty Olson. Come on, work with. Uh, 
Man High Castle, Major Todd Metzger. Supernatural. I Ten episodes of Supernatural. Yeah. He and was he another hunter. Yeah. yeah. Oh. War for the Planet of the Apes. Oh. Red Donkey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he was in Continuum. He was Phil uncredited in the Twilight Saga Breaking Dawn Part 2. Wow. <clears throat> I have apparently seen him or heard him in so many different things. Yeah. Oh, he was credited in Breaking oh. Dawn Part 1. So there's that. Defying Gravity. Battlestar Galactica. Oh, the Day the Earth Stood Still. The 2008. Being Ian. Class of the Titans. I've never seen any of these things. No, but he is in so <laughs> many different things. Yeah, he's... He, as opposed like to the actor of Zoso, he is a... Jack of all trades, not just horror. Oh, he was in two episodes of SG-1. Huh. Three episodes of Andromeda. Transformers, the TV series. Mm-hmm. I, I see a lot of that. Yeah, I would <laughs> imagine. You do. That's the miniseries. Looks like he does a lot of voice work, too. Mm-hmm. How to kill your neighbor's dog? What? What? Yeah. Why would you want to do that? Oh, it's, uh, he was in something called that. His cop name Yeah, I know. I didn't know they made a TV show out of Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. I didn't I either. I didn't either. Oh, Mo Mobile Suit Gundam. All right. Well, that's him. Uh, young Balefire was Dylan Schmid. I love Young Balefire. Bay is just the best. I love Bay. A Snowpiercer. Mm -hmm. The loneliest boy in the world. That's fitting. <laughs> 20 episodes of Shut Eye. I've never even heard of that. Me no. neither. R.L. Stein's oh. The Haunting Hour. Three episodes. I have heard of that. He was not in much. Mm -mm. No. Most of it since once. Yeah. Well, I mean, he, he was a kid. Tiny person. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And he's... one upcoming... Oh, yeah, he's like, what, 25, it says? Or is that just... Tw yeah, either way, he's... Yeah, he's a... Oh, yeah, 19. He's... Yeah. yeah, he's, he's a got young plenty and... of time. Yeah. Um, were there any other side characters mm -mm. that were important? I don't think so. No. And so... this is definitely the earliest flashback we've gotten in yes. the ancient forest. Yeah. Because this was young Rumple pre-Dark One. Yeah, like now I know his origin. Yes. Yeah. So apparently the Dark One's name, Zoso, refers to a nickname for Led Zeppelin guitarist and songwriter Jimmy Page. Um, really? He yeah, he was represented on Led Zeppelin's fourth unnamed album by a symbol resembling the letters Zoso. Hmm. Um, let's see. This episode premiered on the night before Paige's 68th birthday. Interestingly, uh -huh. the inside cover of the album shows a cloaked figure holding a staff and a lantern. <laughs> when Rumpelstiltskin first meets Zoso, he is also wearing a cloak and is carrying a staff and a lantern. According to Adam Horowitz, the flashback story in this episode is inspired by Led Zeppelin and J.R.R. Tolkien. Interestingly, Led Zeppelin loved the Lord of the Rings, and some of their songs contain references 
to Tolkien's famous novel. Hmm. Um, that is interesting. <laughs> and, oh, so the the opening title card is the dark one riding a horse. Yeah. Yeah. And there was a secret Mickey in this one. After the fire, when Emma is interrogating Mr. Gold, there is a vintage Mickey Mouse figure behind them. I did not see it. I have been trying to keep an eye. Because, yeah, this this is a Disney show. Yeah. It was put out by NBC, but it is a Disney show. And um, so they have a lot of... Secret Mickeys. Hidden Mickeys. Yeah. The name of this episode, I mean, I get it, but, you know, like, thinking it from a Disney perspective, yeah. like, I would have expected, like, Ursula or Ursula, something. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, this was not the Rumpelstiltskin episode that I thought it was, so it didn't, this last one didn't make you as mad as I thought it was going to. Yeah. <laughs> oh, just, just a for a second. Yeah. More happy, though, because... Yes. I- I'm glad she saved her from the fire. Well. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody died second se- uh, second episode in a row. Well, that <laughs> ends, and Emma is now the sheriff, meaning she beat Regina, but she did it the right way. Fair yeah. and square. Yeah. That's I right. forgot that she won. That was the whole ending, duh. But yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was the best part. Didn't yep. see that coming. Nope. Mm-hmm. Take that, Regina. Right, finally, somebody gives her her desserts. Yes. Yeah. A big old slice of her own apple pie. Yes, <laughs> ma'am. Here's your whipped cream. <laughs> Y'all got anything else? I don't think no. so. We did this super mm-hmm. quick tonight. I know. Oh. It's 924. Right. We're if not only, watching another one. If only the no. episodes were Obviously. like 20 minutes long. and We can get through like four. Right. Totally. Yeah, I just, it's crazy how quickly that went. Yeah. Ow, 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 cramp, cramp. Good times. Good? Ow. Yeah, toe cramp. Oh. Uh-huh. Ouch. Yeah, okay, we're good. Whew, that was, that was fun. All right, y'all got anything else? Nope. Ma'am. All right. Okie dokie. I guess that's it for tonight. Okie dokie. All right, ladies, have a good night. You too, Shereen. Bye. Okay. All righty. Bye. Bye. Bye.